Fear itself is sponsored by Oto, a luxurious wellness brand, revolutionizing self-care through CBD products ranging from drinks to skincare. Oto Skincare Collection features body oils, eye cream, night face cream, and my personal favorite, the night face mask. It makes me feel a lot calmer before going to bed, and I wake up with skin that looks and feels much healthier and more hydrated. A healing indulgence, the Oto mask uses high concentrations of CBD infused with essential oils rich in minerals and vitamins A, C, D, and E. The CBD helps with inflammation and fights skin damage caused by pollutants and stress, whilst also helping to treat dry and damaged skin. The high vitamin C boosts the skin's natural elasticity and smoothness, and the hyaluronic acid helps your cells retain moisture essential for naturally smooth, hydrated skin. You can find this product at selected retailers and on their website, otocbd.com. Oto, find your space. I'm Zaina Alhizami, and I'm afraid of not being perfect. Welcome to Fear Itself, with me, Cressida Bonus. In this podcast, I'll be having conversations with people about their personal stories around fear. In my experience, fear can be motivational, but it can also really hold me back, and I'm curious to understand this dynamic a bit better. How does fear show up? How do people try to hide it? How can we harness it? And what can we learn from it? Zaina Alhazami is an international artist who has trained across Europe and developed a unique style that includes bright colors and highly textured 3D elements. Her first exhibition, Behind Closed Doors, was due to take place in June. But of course, since we recorded this episode, it has sadly been cancelled due to the coronavirus pandemic. Born in London and raised in Saudi Arabia, Zaina tells me about how her upbringing contributed to her fear of not being perfect and why she particularly fears letting her parents down. The theme of reconciling Arab tradition with Western liberalism is one that is continuously explored in her work alongside femininity, expression and the complexity of the human experience. Zaina and I talk about the balance between keeping your family happy as well as following your own path, how the fear of not being perfect manifests itself in her personal and professional life and how she finds her secret doors to do what she loves. Hello, Zena. Hi. I'm so happy you're here. I'm even happier. Thank you for being here. Um, can I start by asking you, what is your earliest memory of fear? Um, probably being scared of my parents or like my grandmother. I grew up in a really strict home. Not really strict compared to others. But um, yeah, I mean, they terrified me. Like I was always such an obedient child. So yeah, they, you know, never rebelled wasn't a naughty girl very calm yeah but like really I was always a good girl so every time I was the most scared it was when like my mom would give me a look or my grandmother would give me a look or you know mm. and I went to a all-girls school in Saudi so that was strict as well so there was a lot of um a lot of be a good girl mm. stuff going on so back then it was a little things it was like Showing up on time, smiling, being good, you know, all of the things that, you know, no tantrums, no makeup, no boys, no, you know, the usual cultural mm. stuff. And is that the norm in that culture? Yeah, of course. No, I mean, it's 
definitely, you know. And I wanted to respect my culture, so from a young, really young age. So I, it was always behind closed doors, right? Later on, that's why the show is called Behind Closed Doors because it goes way back to when I was really young, and I just wanted to like watch movies and like watch these girls you know live this these lives that I really wanted and I really wanted to be in their shoes and mm. I really wanted to kind of one day you know go to this like as a little girl I always wanted to end up working in an office in New York mm-hmm. you know and like all that stuff and then you watch these movies and you see these girls falling in love you know getting dressed up looking you know it's all this Hollywood stuff yeah so having a mom who was like a little bit strict I hope she's not going to listen to this <laughs> a little bit strict um, was um, that was what I was always afraid of and did you end up resenting them for that no you like I mean you become a late bloomer so like I became an artist at 24 and that 24 when you did decide to become an artist was that was that tough with your parents or were they fine with that um Because it happened so unconventionally, like I didn't go to art school. I didn't um, start doing art when I was in high school. I started, I just kind of was working in New York in an advertising agency. So completely different lifestyle. To suddenly jump from that to working in the countryside in Tuscany with artisans and just staying there. And insisting that, you know, leave me alone. I want to make art. I want to... For them, it was scary because it was like all they could see from their perspective was, is she okay? Like, mm. what's going on? They they were worried, I would say. So it caused tension. But they were... It was because they were just... They were worried, you know? Mm. Everyone else wasn't doing that. Because that wasn't the norm. No one else was doing that. Yeah. And did you have to overcome a kind of fear to do that? Or was it just such a passion from then on? You just knew this is what you wanted to do. Thank God I was painting because that removed all of my sort of little anxieties or stresses about it. I didn't, I wasn't thinking. I was just doing it. Mm. I woke up to it. I slept to it. You know, like I was surrounded by it. So there's no room for, it's not a, it wasn't a discussion Almost like you didn't have a choice. Didn't have it. Didn't give myself a choice. It wasn't. I was so in love with what I was doing. Nothing else really mattered, and so um, of course I felt bad. The guilt. Mm. This is all part of the fear of you know. I was getting it wrong. Like I felt so guilty. I felt like I was abandoning you know my values. My I felt like you know especially when everyone is kind of makes it obvious that you're doing something differently, you start to think like, is this right, what I'm doing? They're already like at that stage where I should have been like four years ago. You know, it's like they're already married with babies and I'm still like trying to figure out the anatomy of the butterfly Mm -hmm. and I need to get it right and I need to, you know, make this. So it was like I always felt I was off tune. Yeah. But um, I have that a bit with with. I'm an actress and I my dad was really against it still is yeah this it's now my career um and he he just didn't get it he didn't understand it he didn't want me to do it he was worried for me um and so it was a really hard decision for me because I felt a lot of guilt but also it's something that I so wanted to do and I felt like I had to do it otherwise I'd probably end up resenting him the generational differences thing he doesn't get it because it just didn't exist. It doesn't exist in his world, like my father or my mother. She doesn't get it. She doesn't because it just wasn't something she was raised with. Mm-hmm. During that period when I kind of left 
and I wanted to just make art. Mm. I was really angry because I was being pulled back by my family, you know. What are you doing? Why are you there? What is happening? You know, don't you want to be, you know, around us? And uh, that was the angriest time. That was the late bloomer thing. So, like, a teenager goes through that, mm-hmm. not a 26-year-old who just wants to, you know, make art and and see what's going on. So uh, the balance... So, so in their ideal world, all their minds, what would they want you to be right now? Um, no, right now, they with time, They've got they're it. proud. But yeah. what would they have wanted you to sort become? Sort of easy, like, you know, not too extreme, in the middle. Okay. Not an extreme hippie, bohemian, whatever I turned into from their eyes. Not an extreme, you know, uh, princess. Just that, that's the thing. The perfect thing that I'm mm. talking about is being just enough of everything, you know? Bubbly and easy and balanced and delicate. You know what I mean? All these things. Totally, yeah. And uh, and do you think the this fear of not being perfect, do you think a lot of that comes from your upbringing? Of course, yeah, totally. I mean, I came from a family of beautiful women who were raised so well and they were very classy and they were very well put together and beautiful outside and inside and always pleasant Mm. to be around, you know? So I had them to look up to, but I also, like, lost my voice in trying to be, like, um, in just going along with that, you know? Mm. I I so get that. Yeah, you know, like, crying was a no, like, don't cry. You know, being having a bad day, Mm. like, we don't tell kids that it's okay to have a bad day. Like, when I was younger, I couldn't be like... I'm just having a crappy day. Like, I'm just going to be in a bad mood today. Mm-hmm. Like, that was like a, what? <laughs> Who do you think you are? <laughs> what are you talking about? Yeah. Wash your face, come back, or if you're, and don't be sad. If you're angry or fearful, yeah, that's not no, a thing. No, it's not a thing. Suppressed. It's all that suppressed. All that, all those little just feel, just be. So I channeled it all into my work with age, like, as I started. Because mm. art happened to me. I didn't choose it. Like, I was in a really low state when I was working in New York because I landed, right? That work in New York in an office, that little girl watching movies, you know? Mm-hmm. And then I was, like, so sad. You know when you just don't know? It's mm-hmm. like, why am I heavy? Why am I? It was just, like, a really... And then I started doodling, doodling at work, doodling in class. And then, like, my doodles were so interesting to look at. They were, like, these heads with like closed eyes and something choking them and Mm. patterns and geometrics and it was crazy and so I just kept doing that for months and then I left like I left New York I left the the work I left everything and I just like went to Italy and I just started to make all sorts of different art like craft like sculpt and mosaic and I just kind of bounced around these artisans Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so was there a stage where you came out of that and you thought actually this is what I want to do and no I don't want to do what you expect of me um there was never a moment where I was like forget it I'm doing it my way you know I I can't do that Mm. everything has been slow and steady I'm not really you know throw out throw out the handbook and just do what you want and like it's um keeping them happy Mm -hmm. makes me happy rebelling and going against things and being an extremist doesn't make me happy. Upsetting anybody doesn't make me happy. 
I don't like to shake the ground. I yeah. think I believe there is a way to balance everything, and I believe you just have to be really patient and slow and steady. And the the society, the culture that you were in in Saudi, was there pressure from that as well, from from that side of things, um, to be a certain way. Yeah, I mean, there's always pressure. I mean, as beautiful as as our culture is, we we have a lot of pressure on us. But we learned to kind of find our little secret doors and our little um, coping mechanisms. I mean, it's different for everybody, but like, I'm a dreamer. Mm. I wanted to do so many things. I wanted to fall in love and I wanted to do a road trip. And like, I had to find my secret doors to do them because what is, what's that saying with the cake and eating it too? Uh, have your cake and eat it? Yeah. So I wanted my dreams, but I wanted also, I wanted my culture too. I never wanted to abandon anything that I came from. It made me who I was, um, who I am, sorry. So um, I was going to like, no matter what it took, like I was going to find a way to like live that dream. Yeah. And does your art help you be brave and curious or does it present this fear of not being perfect even more? My art is my like uh, tool to mm-hmm. um, express myself endlessly. It's my therapy, and it's you know it's totally my happy place. Because mm-hmm. because I paint very intuitively, and I don't plan, mm-hmm. and I um, I come up with ideas, and then they pop in again when I'm doing my next piece. It's sort of like piece like I create a puzzle, but then when I look at it, I'm like, what was this about? And then it's sort of like. I'm reading my own messages, you know. You were afraid here. Family was happening here. You fell in love. You know, you... Like, it was all these things, and they... And I get it in my painting. So the fears that I have happen when I'm not painting so th- so that's interesting the, f- the fear is actually of, of not being perfect is not in your work it's, no. it's in it's your personal life yeah okay that's really interesting it's totally my yeah yeah it's my personal life and um I channel it all into the work that's why it's so detailed oh I see it's like a, okay okay it's like a what's the word um you're throwing it in like it's like it has to come out and there's so much of it and I think I'm always thinking like so much that it can damage things. Mm. So because of that, I channel it all in there. All the things I want to say and express and all the fear, all the anxiety just all goes into that. It really is like, it's like dancing. Yeah, yeah. Is there ever a time where you think, oh, that bit could be better or I could have done that or why didn't I do that? That doesn't exist in your No, in never, your work. no, no. That's Every amazing. Piece I'm is, so jealous of that. No, don't be jealous because <laughs> I don't have that. Because you know what? I don't have the words to go with the work. Like everything I experience goes into it and then it vanishes into it. People sometimes look at me, they're like, tell me about this piece. And I'm like, I mean, I freeze. Mm-hmm. I don't. And then I try to come up with something and it sounds wrong. So that's a struggle. Using my words. Yeah. Yeah, using my words. Your voice. So So, the fear of not being perfect in your personal life, does that translate in in relationships? Yeah, definitely. I mean, I would, for example, let's say I'm with a guy. I care about him. We're together. I would still not be able to be fully myself. And that would damage the relationship. Even if I was tired, I would pretend I wasn't tired because I don't want to be boring. So it's like little things like that mm-hmm. just damaged. It just was the root cause of all of the problems. It was all like, I don't want him to think I'm not cool enough. I want to think I can stay up late and I want him to think 
that I don't care about that girl. You know, I'm not jealous. Mm. I don't care. She's cute. I like her. You know, let's, you know, and it would be really, it would be really wrong. I'm like, we really want to be cool. Like, we really want to be cool. Mm. Like, we want to be perfectly balanced. But I'm starting to learn. Then there's such a, something so beautiful about, me, like, being able to open up to someone and be yourself and, like, be in a bad mood. Mm. And that's so new for me. Have you done that? So recently, like, too late in the game. <laughs> like, way too late. Definitely not too late. It's never too late. <laughs> and does your art, does it, um, in a way, what I, from this conversation, I feel like actually your art is really showing your true self. You're really exposing your soul. Um, but no one knows what I'm painting. Like, it's too psychedelic. It's too abstract. I see. Okay. No one would be able to see, like, what, you know, it speaks volumes, but no one knows. No one, yeah. No one knows. I only know. I mean, but so would you say then you hide behind your art in a way? I think that I, unconsciously, yes. Mm. Because remember, I don't know, I don't know what I'm painting about until I'm done with the painting. So it's not like I want to paint about this. No, painting is such a natural gesture for me. You know, mm -hmm. I, I roll out of bed and I can, I get, I'd start. But yeah. my paintings reveal the things I hide from myself. That's the thing. Yeah. The painting is just a vehicle. And uh, all of the things that I can't face and say to myself... I end up seeing in the work that I did in, in time. Yeah, but other people n might not necessarily see those things. It's so interpretive to each person, so they might see something else that, that resonates with them. Yeah, with and their, I love that about, yeah, and I love that about the work is that it's so colorful and so fun and entertaining mm -hmm. because it's so many layers and uh, everyone looks at it and there's just like, you can see so much in their personality just by the things they say, like what they see, how they feel. I think it's like, All of what I put into the work helps others to open up their mind as well. Yeah, yeah. So it's what I put in also then like helps other people when they're looking at it either relax or feel crazy or feel, you know, like spooked out. You know, it's just they, it always triggers something. Yeah. And your your art is amazing. It's um, it's so colorful and it's abstract and there's so many different layers, as you just said to it. And what... What materials are you using? Are you using loads of different? I love to experiment, but I don't just use something without training. So I have this obsession with like being perfect at using the material. Oh, so I have I an obsessive nature when I work. So like if I'm painting the eye, I'm like, I got to know how to, like I need to know how to paint the eye. So I spent months with, a, with an artisan in Italy She uh, trained me in the anatomy of the eye, not to just one eye. I just needed to know because it was apparent in all of my work. The eyes, like, are, there's a lot of eyes in loads, the work. Loads, loads, a huge mm. symbol. And I paint a lot of symbolism. So a lot of things that end up being symbolism to me that I'm still figuring out. So the eye was one of them. The butterfly was another. So I studied with this, uh, the anatomy of the butterfly in Portugal when I moved there um, after Italy for another hide, you know, getaway, like mm -hmm. a hide, hide out and paint. But I always look to train. So like if I see a little thing, like now I'm, I'm doing this huge piece with roses, blue roses. Blue also is something I studied, just the color blue for months, you know, using all the shades, you know, learning, you know, its origins. So I, I delve deep into my little, the little pieces that I put together. And Zaina, the process of your art when you're, creating it and you're using imperfect materials or you're getting it wrong 
what do you learn from that and how do you go from there from from being imperfect um i'm a really good student i like you know drawing it a hundred times i love the process of uh having to get it perfect by learning the anatomy of the eye is something separate to like painting a a piece that's a component of it so when i eject from just painting and doing something that's you know me and go do these trainings I, it's a separate thing that's discipline and um studying and process and it's it's abc and it's a formula mm-hmm. you get it right there's one way to do the eye there's no other way so i try to separate learning that way from when i actually paint because my paintings are more free than the anatomy stuff that i learn i do that for the discipline and and i i really love i'm good at discipline hey i mean you know we were talking about like you know being a good girl and everything so like i like to um when i do the anatomy stuff and the training it's a separate thing so it's part of the job it's part of the process yeah i'd like learn how to do the butterfly but nothing else not the bugs or the insects i'd learn how to do the rose no other flower it was like so particular one eyeball you know and then i'd take it and i'd put it into my piece mm. so it's like i created my own recipe like i created my own mm. that's interesting because you're kind of making sure that that butterfly is perfect and that eye is perfect because, yeah i wanted it to be perfect mm. what i loved about italy i went there to learn the fundamentals mm. you need to learn what the foundation of a piece is in order to do anything you want you know you've got to know the basics you've got to know how the wood is prepped how to prep it you've got to know how to make primer you've got to know you know how to make color last how to make so these things are important you mm. just um and then you can be free mm. and do what you want i'm jumping around a bit but i am yeah. really interested in to understand this contrast between your yeah the fear of not being perfect in your personal life and that you don't have that in your professional life and what is perfect basically it's just <laughs> to like, you what is perfect um i think it's um being able to be yourself and really owning it i think it's also Oh my god, it's a hard question. I'm sorry. No, 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 because sorry. I thought of something the other day. I was thinking we will never be able we'll never we're never going to get away with being ourselves. No matter how ourselves you think someone's going to someone's going to challenge something in you. Like however okay you think you're you know, you think you're good. Yeah, I'm confident. I love my body. I love my you know, my job. I love my you know, it's I'm confident. I'm happy with my There's going to be something and someone's going to challenge you on it. And um and you have to be okay with that. Yeah. Like you have to be okay with with changing. Things change. Mm. And criticism and And criticism, yeah. Do you worry in your art? Do you do you fear critics? God, I see I don't know. I I've, I've never been there. I was just I never did this for like um Oh, I guess for the public, so it's like I'm gonna, about to find out. Yeah, because behind closed doors is your first it's exhibition. My first, and yeah. how do you feel about that? Do you, are you? I'm making it a party. Like I'm turning it into a party so that I don't have to think of it as like an exhibition. And uh, behind closed doors is the title of your exhibition, which is just a fantastic title because it has so many 
different connotations. Yeah. Um, you know, the positive way of like opening the door and what's through the door and going in the door and your yeah. the excitement of that. Yeah. And also, well, closing the door is the negative side. So what does the door represent to you? I think it just represents um, all of all of that covering up, mm. all of that covering up that we that we do to conceal like really our core selves. Yeah, and that women, you know, especially yeah. from the culture that you've come from, uh, can be very oppressed, and that's all coming out in your yeah in your artwork, which is so beautiful. Yeah, and but the oppression, some, but then also there's a beauty to the mystery of like what we hide inside. Mm -hmm. All my paintings have this have eyes in them, and I think it's because you know um, I'm covered, but um, I'm still my eyes are wide open. Mm -hmm. I'm aware. I'm self aware, or sometimes it can be about being watched. It, what's really interesting is you you have loads of eyes in your work, and you have a, a fear of being mm -hmm. watched. Yeah. Which is so interesting that you use I know. Eyes. After I sent that over, I was like, oh, my God. That is exactly the same thing as, you know, the perfection. It's like a laptop would be open and I would, I just, I know someone's watching from the camera. Sometimes I'm like, someone's watching. And where do you think that's come from? I have no idea. It's just, maybe it's, all, it's part of the whole, you know, not being judged and looking perfect and being perfect thing. Mm. Maybe it's like being brought up to feel like someone's always watching or, you know, judging. Yeah, you're being watched. Yeah, you're being watched. So, Zaina, I have three questions that I ask everyone at the end. The first is the place that you go to when you are feeling fearful. And that could be in your imagination or that could be somewhere or that could be a person. Um, I mean, you know what? I have to say it's like my studio, mm -hmm. painting or walking. Walking is my another one of my therapies that's up there. Mm -hmm. Just walk out and just walk for hours. Helps me unwind. Mm. And the song that you listen to? Oh my gosh, I listen to everything. Uh, I like Janis Joplin. I like the song Maybe. It makes me just, makes me unload. Great. It's a great song. And she's, yeah. Mm. <laughs> um, and what would you do if you were not afraid? If I was not afraid, oh, ooh, probably just to be able to like walk up to my family and be like, I'm dating this guy. I love this person. He's not from our country. He's, you know, I'm dating this Western guy. I love him. Please meet him. Mm -hmm. Like, it's, you know what I mean? That for me, that's brave. That is something I can't do. They want me to be with someone who shares my culture. Someone who understands my values. I want to be with someone who understands my values and shares my cultural values, you know. But uh, you can't pick and choose. No. You know, I could get I could get lucky and like some beautiful Western man has the like soul of an Arab, mm -hmm. and I could get that lucky. Mm. Explaining that to my family would be like a big brave move. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But your family sound really scary. I know. I'm so bad, but no, they're no, so but, not. But do they shout or do they? No, no. It's just, it's just saying. They worry they so worry. much. It's just long conversation. Why, why, why? Mm. It's the why, why, why thing. That's it. Yeah. But they're very good at giving me my space. I've never had to fight to be an artist. Like it wasn't, mm. it was never a extreme. It wasn't, it wasn't something I needed to rebel. No. 
And actually, it feels like you respect them so much, your family. I do. I was raised really... I mean, I grew up beautifully because of them, and they taught me everything I needed to know to be who I am. Mm. And I'm probably um, an artist because I share their DNA. Mm. And I'm, you know, expressive because I get it from them. We try to fight our where we come from. Mm-hmm. Some people do or like how they, but like if you embrace it, you'll realize that it's an asset. Like everything that you thought was difficult growing up or or everything, you know, all the things you were taught that you didn't agree with or the things that you feel were just too much pressure will benefit you when you're older. You'll need all of the things, all of the hard, all of the things that you hated when you were younger, you will need when you're older. Like it all makes who, you who you are. Mm-hmm. And Zaina, where can people who listen to this, where can they find you? Do you have, you have a website, don't you? Oh yeah, ZainaAlHizami.com. Mm-hmm. My Instagram as well, at ZainaAlHizami. Thank you so much, Thank Zaina. You. This has been wonderful. Thank you. I loved it. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Fear Itself. If you enjoyed this episode, it would be hugely appreciated if you could subscribe on your favorite podcast app and maybe share it with a friend who you think might like it. You can also find me on Instagram at Cressida Bonus. I'd like to give a special thanks to the producer and editor Hannah Varrell, James and Kazra at One Fine Play for their fantastic studio space, and Malt Martin for his beautiful music. Tune in next week when I will be chatting to another great guest about all things fear. Thanks, guys, and see you next week.